That Stack of Books. I'm Steve Scheer. And I'm Nancy Pearl. I'm Judy Ostro. Jenny Capella. Jennifer Collins-Frederick. Katie Sewell. Nancy, I don't belong to a book club. I've never belonged to a book club. I do not understand book clubs. Please explain them to me. Well, what don't you understand? No, I understand them. (laughs) (laughs) There's a theory. There's a, a lot of people... A lot of people really enjoy getting together and talking about a book, um, and here we are. But one of the best, th- one of the most interesting things, is t- everybody reading the same book, and then discussing various aspects about it. Um, the, the, one of the one of the things that happens with book groups, though, which I think is an, a problem, is that people tend to think that if a book if they've enjoyed a book, it's a good book for a book group. And that's just not the case. Um, there are a lot of really, there are a lot of books that I just loved that there's nothing to say about them except, oh, I loved this book. And so it's, it seems to me if you're going to take an hour out of your life or two hours or an evening, um, that you'd want to talk about a book that really kind of, you, want, you have to grapple with in some way. Right, fine. Worst book, we'll come back to the, your rules, worst book for a book club you've ever read. Well, that, can I ask Nancy first what makes a book particularly bad? Because then I think I could pick one out. Like, what makes it bad for discussion? I belong to a book club, and I, to answer your original question, I think it goes back to the old concept of, the, of sitting around the campfire telling stories of the, the sewing bee. It's just people getting together and enjoying being in each other's company, and the, the focus is a book. Um, my book club has two rules. One is it has to be in paperback because they like to buy it, and the second, the, the, uh, the person who proposes the book and leads the discussion has to have read the book. Your point, the, I'm getting my point. The times that they have not read the book, it has always been a disaster. <laughs> Did you have an example of a t- uh, I can't think of the title. It was one about <clears throat> contemporary Russia. It just didn't work. <laughs> so do you have a bad book, ex- book club experience? Well, I, usually... <laughs> Usually my experience has been when I'm in charge. <laughs> so you never have made a mistake. So I, I just haven't um, allowed people to discuss a book that I didn't think was discussable. But I, I, I mean, I have high standards. In, in so you must, so somebody proposed a book. Uh, do you not want to name a book? Is that oh, what it is? No, no, I'm happy to name a book. I mean, one of my favorite novels is a spy novel, which we have talked about by David Quammen, called The Soul of Victor Tronco. It's, I think, the best American, one of the two best American spy novels, maybe three best American spy novels ever written. I love that book. I will, you know, I will bow to no one in liking that book better than anyone else. That book is not, there's nothing to discuss about it. I mean, I mean, of course there are things to say about it. Did you like it? Yeah. But when whether or not you liked a book is the least important thing about a book, and I, I think in terms of a book club and people, we make a mistake when we start a book discussion, and this happens a lot, and I used to do this too. I would start a book discussion that I was leading by saying, so what do you think of the book? And that just polarizes the group, and everything else 
everything else always just comes back to that. So people will say, well, I loved the book and blah, 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 or I hated this book, but blah, blah, blah. And so I always think that the, that the last question that you should ask in a book group is, what do you think of the book? And people will always say, there will always be people who say, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't finish it, but after this discussion, I need to go back and read it. All right, so with that, do you have an answer for me on a bad book experience? bad book club book experience? Well, I've never been in a book club except for middle school. And I remember those being very well read and like well read, led by the teachers. But I would imagine that a book like Gone Girl wouldn't be a very good discussion. Well, all right, so, so this helps me concretize it. And I will use Gone Girl, Gone Girl, a book I haven't read. However, what's it about? It is about a woman who goes missing and her husband and the media storm that comes upon him okay. because she's missing. When we were doing radio interviews, when we were talking to authors, we had to have a reason why we were talking to that author because nobody had read the book. Nobody even knew about the book. I'd read the book, you might have read the book, but nobody had read the book. So we had to look for the theme that was universal that we could discuss. So Gone Girl sounds like you could talk about why is the media such a chaotic and destructive institution. So is that what well, makes a good book club? Well, yeah, yeah, you definitely could talk about that. That kind of thing, personally, just doesn't interest me as much because I'm much more interested in why the author ch chose to write the book the way she did. What's the, you know, what is the, why is there a, an unre two unreliable narrators in, in terms of Gone Girl? What that means, why an author decides to, you know, I'm always interested in craft. So, so you, I mean, there are people who, who will say um, any book is discussable and worth discussing. It's just a personal bias on my part, I think, that, that I just think that very heavily plot-driven books there's nothing to talk about except the plot. We had that same experience. I'm not as good as recall on um, titles, but yes, our one of our um, book club members loves the old mysteries and Agatha Christie and different ones, and they're great books. But again, there's not like a lot of layers, and so once you've gone through the plotting, then what are you left with? And we even had what was the name of the book that was just done at Book It? I'm. Um, just this last, oh, it's, it was this very picaresque novel. And so it was, there was some really fun lines and we can all pick out some really great descriptions and then we could talk about the characterization a couple times. And that one we did use, okay, how did the book at representation differ from the book? And so you could go off on that for a little bit. But after that, you're kind of left with, there's not a lot of layers and you know di diverging viewpoints to dig deeper at it, I guess. And, and I think that for a lot of people, that's fine because what they want from a, because people belong to book clubs for different reasons. You know, for a lot of people, it's, it's a social occasion. It's a way of getting out of the house. You know, you might have young children. You don't want to be there and uh, all the time. And, it, and, you know, you sit and have a glass of wine and, and it's a nice social occasion. Um, that, that just doesn't personally interest me. I mean, when you're talking about Agatha Christie, the only question to ask is, what page did you realize who did it, or how did she fool you? You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, there aren't layers in there at all. And some people just don't like talking about books except to themselves. I mean, that they're just, they're, Ross Reynolds is somebody 
I mean, he never, never wanted to be in a book group, as I remember him saying to me once. Mm -hmm. All right, so what are the rules for good book clubs and good books for book clubs? Well, I think the best book club discussions are about books that have ambiguous endings. Um, and certainly Gone Girl has an ambiguous ending, but I think it has other things that, I, I don't know, maybe it would make a wonderful book group discussion. I've never, I didn't try, you know, that hasn't, I haven't had experience with that particular book. But we just, in the book group that I lead at University Bookstore on the first Monday of, of the first Friday of the month at 6.30, um, anybody, any, everyone is welcome, and we have a wonderfully diverse group of people, and we just discussed an older title, Russell Banks' The Sweet Hereafter, published in 1997. And that's a book where there is so much to talk about. It was a book that just, just we, people wanted to go on and on and on and on about it. They wanted to go on about why it was told from four points of view, and... Just to remind me, this was the book about the bus crash and the bus driver yes. in upstate New York. Yes. And um, why did the teenage girl lie? Because she lies about whether Dolores, the bus driver, was speeding or not. Um, what happened to one of the main characters who has now lost everything that he had, his wife to cancer and his two children killed in the bus accident. Um, you know, what is his future gonna be like? Was he an admirable person? I mean, all of those things. And when you have a character, when you have a book that's character driven, then there's a lot to talk about. Well, all right, so run me, run me a little bit through that conversation about why did the girl lie? I mean, what was the conversation you had in that in that discussion like? Well, did, first of all, the, there was the question of did she lie? Was she lying? Yes, you know, it's pretty clear that she was lying. Did she lie because she was, for various reasons, furious, justifiably, at her father? You know, did she lie to get him off the, you know, to give her distance from him? The other thing that we talked about is how, how Russell Banks, every character in that book is sympathetic in some way. Maybe not the girl's father, but, um, but, but the four of the four main characters, the lawyer who comes to town to, to try to persuade people to sue, the father whose children were killed, the girl who was in the bus accident, and the bus driver herself, everyone he he manages to make everyone sympathetic in one in in one way or another and so it's interesting that you know here's this ambulance chasing lawyer who you, everyone has an immediate prejudice against he just you know coming to town and saying oh sue them sue them you could get millions of dollars you know sue Dolores sue the company and then we learn his backstory and he's no longer just this one-dimensional sort of enemy. So what insight did you get from that conversation about whatever you were looking for, the craft of writing, yourself, the readers? Um, I think the insight that we got, I think the conclusion we came to was that Russell Banks is one of the great um, American writers of the 20th and 21st, 20th and 21st centuries that that there are things that happen in everyone's life that, that are outside of their control. 
and how you deal with those things can make you or break you. I thought that was an important insight, something to think about. And he's one of the great American writers because of that um, understanding or what else? I think because he sees how complicated and complex the world is and gives us a way to look at it through various characters' eyes. Um, his, his most recent novel, the, the main character is a teenage sex offender who has just gotten out of prison and is homeless, is living under a bridge in Florida. I mean, Steve liked that face. It doesn't sound like, you know, how could you have any sympathy for this kid? The Lost Memory of Skin, I think was the name of it. And I didn't want to read it. I mean, I just said, no, that's not the kind of book, even though I greatly admire and love Russell Banks. Um, but I didn't want to read it, and then I was a judge for this prize, and I had to read it, and I was just blown away by it. He, I mean, you know, the, the, the um, interrelationship between um, causality and coincidence and bad luck, what, you know, those are important things to think about and, and, and how that applies to you. Another wonderful book for a book discussion group that I think a lot of book discussions groups have done it um, is is The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell, which deals with, do you remember that book? You, you know, which deals with the whole issue of what if you try to do good and you fail? You do, you just do incalculable harm. What does that mean? Um, can you forgive yourself? You know, does does intentionality be, you know, how much does intentionality play in in forgiveness? So is that the discussion you had for that um, for that book club discussion? Mm -hmm. Yes, and again, sort of focusing on the characters and how she took this this very philosophical issue of good and evil and turned it into science fiction. And she would say that it's a science fiction novel, and I would say that it's a, a novel about good and evil and and doing good and having it turn out terribly. All right, best book club books and experience that you've had? Since I know you've thought about it, you've all thought about this. Well, one that resonates with what you said about the ambiguous ending, the biggest my book club we've been around for, I don't know, 20 years, and still to this day you get shouts of people saying she died no she lived it was about and i was trying to remember the title and it was about the girl she's diabetic and she's biking the um the going to the sun road is that patrick mcmanus who is it that um, oh my gosh you are the only people <laughs> who i know who have read that book it's called going to the going sun, to the sun. Yeah, by was, by Oh my gosh! It's some McManus. It is McManus. I think it's, it's, I think it's James, McManus. James McManus. That's probably it. So mm -hmm. that is the um, just you'll hear shouts from different parts of the room, and both camps are dead set. So, and it's because it can you can either read the ending that she, so she she goes off the end. Does she go off the end? You know, killing herself. Is she going off, and you know, into the new spiritual part of her life is she you know and I can't even remember all the details but I had read it one way and I walked into that room and to find half the room had completely taken in a different direction and they had their they could go back and trace what evidence would lead you to that interpretation I could go and trace what evidence led to my interpretation and 
and to this day it is a heated discussion and neither side is going to budge but um, but it was a very memorable book and um, I wouldn't say it's the best book in the world I've got I've got another book that you know I think is a meteor topic for um, book clubs but it, it is one of those ones where I thought that there was a it took you along on the story and um, there was parts of the character that you could see the development go either way and the author wrote yeah, it in such a way but you liked the book club experience did you like that? You liked that? Yes. Why, did, why was that? I mean, you'd already come to a conclusion about the book. Why was that a fun thing to engage in? Because anytime somebody makes you re-examine what you just take as a basic assumption and if there's validity to it, and they, they could give me a completely new way of looking at the book and a completely new way of, of looking back and, and tracing the trajectory of how they would come to that other alternative ending, and that's fascinating. I mean, that to me is, you know, there's a book, if you can find, if each time you approach the book, something new swims to the surface there, and um, you can read it five or ten years later, and then, a, a, you know, then that's, that's, that's the whole point to me of, of, of a book discussion. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it, was, it was a funny one. You know, that's another book about doing good and, and coming to difficult and having it turn out much differently than you than you expected, because because the the main do you want a little plot description of this book? I loved this book, and and interviewed him when right after it came out, and and in his daughter was was um, diagnosed as a type two diabetic, as a as a teenager, and you know that's a terrible age to be diagnosed with that because you're less, you know, you're not. It's an affront, and it's difficult to deal with it, I think, for many teens. And so he wrote this book in some ways for her. But it's about, um, it opens in, in Alaska, and the main character is there with her boyfriend. And he is attacked by a bear. And, and he's so severely injured. He's, you know, medevaced, backed to Anchorage and then uh, down to the lower 48 states somewhere in Chicago. And he is, um, and he's, you know, he's in such terrible, you know, he's lost so many limbs and he basically is going to have no, uh, not, you know, not any kind of good quality of life. And he begs her to kill him. And his parents are there saying, you know, they want their son to live. And he begs her to do it. And she does it. And that's chapter one. And then it goes on from there. It is a powerful, powerful book. And it all works, I, I thought. And it does have that great ambiguous ending. Hmm. Book clubs? Book club experiences that have uh, grabbed you? You've been in what? Almost book clubs. <laughs> I say that because um, as part of a, some spiritual practice groups that I've been in, in the past, we've had whole sections of time, like months at a time, where we would pick a book and discuss it. And I really enjoyed the fact that we had a context for it. Um, we had questions, you know, like that were very personal to each person. Everybody would go around and share, well, how did you feel in this part of the book or what did it bring up for you? And then we'd have a time where we had what we called no crosstalk, where we couldn't give each other advice. You know, it was just listen and hear what the person was these saying. Were, these were all nonfiction self-help books or were these fiction? More, yeah, more on the nonfiction self-help books. And I really, you know, everything everybody has said here today, just in terms of how to look at a book in general, I think there's many different ways to do it. And I like being, you know, as I do with film, when I'm with people who look at movies, I'm, I go to movies and I'm like, wasn't that great emotionally? And somebody like my sister says, yeah, did you see the lighting on that camera thing? I'm like, oh my God. So, you know, I like that, that 
perspective that I get with books also um, from having other people around and their, their slant and their interest. And as you were saying, you have your particular way of, your favorite way of being in a book club and, wh- and how you look at a book. Well, I'm afraid I can, uh, our book club, not quite so elevated, but the two books that really stand out in my memory were books that generated personal discussions, if you will. Um, I read The Namesake a few years ago, and that led to people sharing their family stories, and that was, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, very meaningful. But the one that more recently we read at the End of Your Life book club, and there was a lot of discussion about, I remember that, and uh, talking about titles and, and the impression that the books had made on the, uh, members at different ages. and So that was probably the most fun as far as personal uh, sharing. Right, so you sort of touched on that, but what are your rules for good book to, books or and titles if you want to lay them? What's your rules for good books for a book club? Well, I, I think that, I mean, I'm going to like this and that. I mean, it, it's it's going to go back to the kind of book club that you that that you that you're happy with, and and in a book club, if people aren't happy, I mean, there's where they vote with their feet. They just won't yeah. come back. So. Um, I, for, I mean, reading is my life, sort of. You know, I mean, sort of. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's my life, and I think books are really important. And I'm, you know, offended by bad books. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, and if I'm going to talk about them, I, I want to talk. I, I love people saying, "Oh, did you look at this part?" Because you're, to- you're right. We all, we all sort of look at books in our own way. And if I'm, if I'm, that's why at a book group, a really good technique is to have everybody come with one question that they want answered about the book, and then just put those questions in a bowl in the middle of the table. And and when one question comes to an, a na- sort of natural end, take another one. And because that's, you know, it. Because if you're going to depend on me to lead a book club, I'm always going to ask the same types of questions because that's what I'm interested in, and that's not fair. I mean, it's not fair to the rest of the group. I mean, it's interesting to me to hear what people have to say. But do do you do book clubs have to have a leader? Doesn't it shift? Well, I think that it. I think that it should shift, but I think there should be someone who is. Um, who, who, who has each month or however often you meet, who can say to somebody, basically, you're talking too much, or let's let somebody else, you know, get, let's give someone else a chance to talk, or, you know. Oh, my role. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And there's no editing, remember? Yeah, you can't edit anyone out. Um, so, so I think that it's important to have somebody who can do who can do that, and and rotating it, having a different person each time, huh. is is um, a good is a good way to give everybody the practice and the kind of power, if you will, to do that. When you're talking about nonfiction, that change, I mean, everything changes with nonfiction, because you're not talking about so much about the author's techniques. I think you're talking about the subject, and then. Yeah. And the subject, and you can have a you could have great discussions about the right with the right nonfiction book. And one of the right nonfiction books would be um, uh, the spirit. The spirit catches you and you fall down. I mean, that's a terrific nonfiction book because it raises all of these important issues about. Uh, about uh, multicultural societies and what that all means to us. 
Are there other rules for book clubs, for effective book clubs? Well, I mean, I've sort of drawn up my own rules when I teach my class on how to lead book groups at the information. Lay them on us. Well, I mean, there. Yeah. Is there a handout with this? Because we. Just, <laughs> there is a handout. All right. Well, well can we post it? Sure. We, all right. I'll send it to you. And I think it's just called very humbly what I've learned about book groups. <laughs> because I mean, there are ways you want everybody to talk. Who wants to talk? You don't want to call on people. You know, you you want whoever is the leader to be to be um, cognizant of body language. You know, somebody said 75% of what we say doesn't ever isn't expressed verbally. It's expressed, you know, in in, in, in you know our physical kinds of things. So you have to like, and there's always going to be people who have lots to say, but they're quiet and they will not interrupt other people. You know, there's people who are always gonna jump in and step on somebody else, you know, the last three words and what somebody says. But there are people who have a ton of things to say and you have to give them space to say it. I mean, people are afraid of silence. I think in our society, people are afraid of silence. Mm -hmm. you, you, would agree, you would agree with totally that from agree. your practice. Totally yeah, and so, but in a book group, you have to have that kind of silence because you know, you're asking these big questions. You know, what does it mean to be good? Or, you know, what does it mean to have a spiritual life? What is this, you know, what, what are the dimensions of a spiritual life? Can you have a spiritual life without a religious component to it? All of that, those are hard questions. So akin to other things, a book club has to be a safe space. It does have to be a safe space. Now, I am not, I, I'm not, um, there's always that question of the my aunt Meg, you know, my aunt Meg. Oh, my aunt Meg had this experience. Oh, my aunt Meg was in a bus accident. Um, you know, that kind of thing. You, you kind of, I always want to steer it away from that. You know, how does that relate? I would always try to get them to relate it back to the book. But when, when uh, the Russell Banks book about the bus accident, that was the first book it was the book we chose for the very first if all Seattle read the same book. And that was that when we started discussing it, that was right after there was that incident on the bus over the Aurora Bridge when the driver was shot. And so of course everybody could, you know, had that extra layer of 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 that particular knowledge. And that I think added to the discussion because people I remember one discussion, people kept referring to it as the accident. And there was a Metro employee who was there, just happened to be there discussing. And he said that was no accident. You know, this was somebody did this. I mean we're we're ascribing, you know, what accident means that's wrong in this case. It wasn't like he steered off the, you know, was dis all anyway, right. all right. But last words for how oh, books should be operating before I and you can think about that. Oh, I was just going to um, echo something Nancy said earlier of you have to decide what you want your book club to be. I think before you get into these rules, because um, some people, the primary purpose is to have the book be a leaping off point to gather personal experiences and to share in this safe space some how it relates back to their own life and other people the primary purpose is to dig deeper into the book and either way is completely valid but you're not going to be satisfied different people are going to be kind of wrestling of oh she's taking too much time to go I don't want to hear about Aunt Meg and other people are like but I'm here to 
I need to discuss my Aunt Meg and how this relates. So ours, we kind of go in the middle. We have somebody who's a leader and um, they own that book. They've presented and people voted and then they, they're tasked with coming with either some background on the author or some starting questions or some way to kind of lead. And so they kind of keep things on task for the first half where we're really digging into the book. And then, yeah, by the second half, it's kind of veered into bigger questions, how it revolves in our own life and that kind of thing. But so we kind of go half and half. And I just want to put out a plug for The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks as a fabulous nonfiction for the same reasons of the um, When the Spirit Calls You, is that there's so many ways you can attack that and different people can enter into that nonfiction story in so many different ways. Yeah, um, you know, another book that would be, I think, really great for a book group is Being Mortal, the new book. Oh, just it. <laughs> the new book about um, end-of-life issues mm -hmm. uh, by a doctor and how, you know, and in that, and it is told in, in many ways as a story, the story of his father struggle with cancer and, and, and I think that, I mean, you know, it's an aging population and it's something that we're all going to have to deal with. Yeah, no, I like that kind of stuff where, where that shows you that books are universal, that the feelings are universal. So Nancy's going to post that. You're going to send me that, and we'll post the uh, what you've learned from your years of book clubs at thatstackofbooks.com. Thank you all.